2: where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for thirty days. Just visit audible.com/wonderypod or text wonderypod to five hundred five hundred. That's audible.com/wonderypod or text wonderypod to five hundred five hundred.
1: Welcome to the Rose Podcast number nine twenty seven. Say, do you have big plans for the new year, Jonah? You bet I do. What are you going to be doing with your new year? Finally
3: starting that diet. You know, for years I've been saying the diet starts tomorrow. (laughs) Tomorrow it starts. Yes. Would you like to put that on the internet?
1: Yeah, I was thinking about it. Well, Squarespace will make it easy to turn your idea, like your diet, into
3: a unique website or blog. It's a good way to stay accountable and connect with other people that might be doing the same thing.
1: No, Jonah, you don't have to install, patch, or upgrade, ever. That's what's going to be my next point. Head to Squarespace.com for a free trial. When you are ready to launch, use the offer code NERDIST to save 10 uh, ampersand off your first purchase of a website 10%. or a 10%. Yeah. That's what I said.
4: Is there an ampersand in there?
1: No, I was just oh. doing a bit. Oh, sorry. No, that's all right. <laughs> bitkiller, bitkiller, Kenny Levine's a what bit killer. A, what about
3: logic? <laughs>
1: It's all fine It's all fine Say Katie What do you got On the old Nerdist community Corkboard Oh I'm gonna Fuck this up too (laughs) Uh. Look, Katie gets
3: real Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Here I go again (laughs) Choo choo Here comes The Katie train wreck Oh my god I wanna make that Your ringtone When you call me I'm
1: gonna Fuck this up again
4: uh, okay, so Reddit user <laughs> Bill Nobes writes, uh, My friends and I are performing a stage reading of, I cannot pronounce this, John Jean,
3: Jean, how do
1: you say that? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> can, I, can
3: I take a shot? Yeah. yeah. Is it Jean?
4: I think it's a French name. Uh, unholy? Unholy. Unholy?
1: Jean Anouly's, Anouly's? Antigone. Yes. We're all horribly non-academic here with Uh, regard to French. In And and, and
4: and January 27th at 7 p.m. in Trenton, New Jersey at the Trenton Coffee House. Admission is free, but please do buy coffee because the owner, Abdul, is an amazing person. The play was originally written and performed in Nazi-occupied France and was meant to encourage people to resist... Uh, the playwright chose the Greek play Antigone as a framework to hide the message of the play and get past German censors. It seems really relevant today, and we've done some updating to reflect current political climate. For more info, go to Bill Nobes. That's N O B E S and then Tyler R. Lee, recent, he says, I recently published my first novel, a fantasy adventure titled An Unlikely Company, a half-orc hunter, a goblin sorceress, a dwarf fighter, and an elf druid and her tiger companion are thrown together by chance. With more than a bit of reluctance, the four loners stumble upon an evil plot and discover they may be the land's only hope. If they don't kill each other first, it can fi- be found on Amazon, uh, in ebook or paperback, or uh, his website, talesoftrlee.com.
3: Excellent. Oh, I got a couple things. <laughs> what do you got? Um, uh, pre-orders are up for um, uh, 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 a movie I was in. I was. I'm in Victor Crowley, which is the uh, fourth installment of the Hatchet films by Adam Green. Fantastic. I'm in the cold open. I get killed. Dream come true. Spoiler. Yeah, well, what are you going to do? It happens so soon. Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, it's fun. Uh, but uh, the trailer's up um, for Victor Crowley. Um, and yeah, for all those of you who have a Jonah Ray torture fantasy, then now they'll get to see that. There it is. There it is. And then uh, uh, on top of that, yeah, so the, uh, oh, yeah, pre-orders are up for that on iTunes and all that stuff. And it's uh, it's neat. It's, it was fun. It was fun to go, like, you know, did an overnight shoot, got to do a whole bit, get chased down, killed. It was that one of the things that actually inspired me to get LASIK.
1: Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> they didn't want me
3: having have my glasses on. Mainly, I think, because of the reflection. Right. And they're like, it's just going to slow us down. Right. Uh, and then they had me running in the dark through the woods, and I almost gouged my face out of some <laughs> broken, jagged branches. And so I was I like... I'm going to get LASIK. Whoa. Yeah. Um, and then also, you know, we've been doing... Every week, we've been doing a Jonah Radio. Oh, I love it. It's back. Uh, this week, we have... Uh, uh, from the rentals and formerly of, uh, Weezer, uh, we have Matt, Matt Sharp. Sharp, Matt Sharp came down and, uh, and hung out with us and, uh, we barely played any music. The guy can like really just talk about stuff in his life and he's very interesting. It's a very, very fun. And we, last week, the, the episode, some now we had Jerry Duggan, old friend, Jerry Duggan, Oh, our friend Jerry Duggan. He yeah, used yeah. to,
1: yeah, Jerry Duggan used to play D and D with Jerry Duggan.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, we've been doing it. We've been playing a lot of submitted music. Uh, if you are interested in hearing your music played on Jonah radio, um, it's jonaradio at gmail.com.
1: Fantastic. Congratulations. I also will be performing at, uh, let's see, where am I going to be? I'm going to be at uh, Stand Up Live in Phoenix. I love that venue. It's a great venue uh, at the beginning of February and then the following weekend, Brea, and then the following weekend, Levity Live in Oxnard. So, doing all All, all February doing shows. So nice. just And none of them are too far
3: away. So, it's no. kind of yeah. Google that shit.
1: Uh, this episode is Ricky Linholm, who um, I I just adore. Ricky Linholm, we've I've known Ricky since she and Kate first started coming around and doing Garfunkel and Oats. Mm-hmm. and she not only is she so incredibly smart, but has such a phenomenal work ethic. Like the workaholics, all kind of recognize each other. Like, ah, how do you sleep at night? You know, <laughs> and we do talk about that kind of stuff. But Ricky, her the output of her work is. Unbelievable! And uh, another period is back January twenty third on Comedy Central. The show that she does with Natasha Leggero and a bunch of comedy people that are relevant to your interests, uh, which is is such a fucking great show. And they're great on it, and they write it, and it's it is a fantastic show. And I urge you, urge you, urge you to watch it and support good scripted comedy. On Comedy Central, <laughs> <Yeah>. January 23rd. <laughs> Please support their show so they can keep making more of
3: it. Yes, they have a bunch of great shows on right now. Uh, they got Corporate coming out. Yeah, Corporate's they, coming they, out you know, soon. Uh, Detroiters, Detroiters is coming Detroiters is great. Yeah, so yeah. they're get, support those shows. Yeah,
1: thank you very much for uh, being on. And thank you for doing the intro, Jonah. Oh, of course. We just recorded another podcast, and Jonah just stuck around just to be on the intro. I think we're going to bang out a hostful this week, too. We're going to record one. That's right. Uh, that's gonna we'll, we'll, we'll drop that. That soon. Um, this episode, as I mentioned, was brought to you by Squarespace. So just, you know, make the thing. It's the new year. Make the thing that you're going to make, whether it's a business or a blog or a portfolio or whatever it is. Showcase any kind of digital content you want. Customize everything from look and feel to settings and product. Uh, it's all optimized right out of the box for mobile. You can use Squarespace's analytics to help you grow in real time. And then, like I said before, you don't have to install, patch, or upgrade anything. And if you have a question, Squarespace's 24-7 customer support is there to help. A dream is just a great idea that doesn't have a website yet. So give it some type of web presence, some sort of digital manifestation. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. When you're ready to launch, use the offer code NERDIS to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That is squarespace.com. Did I say Domain.
3: Yeah, so it's like domain,
1: Jermaine, 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 Clement, Jermaine Clement, <laughs> Brit. Britt, Britt, Brit. yes. Brit. Yes. yes, present. Head to squarespace.com. Use the offer code Nerdist. Here's the Nerdist Podcast number nine twenty-seven with Ricky Lindholm, Katie. Roll the thing.
3: Is it really rolling? It's not. She doesn't roll it. Presses a button. Don't be the internet.
2: <laughs> <laughs> now entering nerdist.com.
1: Welcome to my uh, house slash podcast studio. Nice. It's beautiful. You, uh, wait, I was trying to have you and, you and Kate, we talked, we realized you and Kate were on in Bumbershoot, but like in like 2010, I think it it's was like the first year <laughs>
0: yeah, it was.
1: of the podcast.
0: And it was like the first, one of the first live shows, right?
1: Yeah. It was one of the first live yeah. shows. It was at that little theater. That's part of the Bumbershoot. Mm-hmm campus which is really just that central part mm-hmm. of, down, of downtown Seattle
0: that was so much fun it was really fun God, but Bumber I remember shoot's the best
1: you I think David O'Doherty was there yep. I think we did Was
0: was Patton there or am I maybe, making that up
1: I don't know he might have been
0: um I think am I, maybe I'm making that up maybe he had the show after you guys or something no you were on a show with Patton that was it you guys did stand up on the same show we did do stand up on the same show yes oh wow you did
1: those shoot <laughs> shows were so much fun so much fun this have you so been back good. no I haven't either. I don't no. think I've been back since then either.
0: I know. I don't think they do a lot of duplication.
1: No, no, yeah. no. It, but, but it has been like seven years. I know. I'm it's like... And I come
0: Hard and firm Garfunkel and Oates.
1: Ah, that'd be so much fun. Oh, I
0: would so do that.
1: You know, the, the, there was a period of time where it was, it was like performing <laughs> with some of the other duos, like we uh, performing with you mm-hmm. and the Concords.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We have some fun... Like nightmare stories about performing I, with per, the Concords? Well, we did. Um, there was a festival in Vancouver,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and we did it with the Concord's in like 2004, I think, oh, or wow. 2005. Mm-hmm. And um, they had put us in a bar to perform. So we were performing in no. a bar, which sort of had like a shotgun shape to it. Oh, God. So you like you? So walk you're performing
0: in. in a tunnel where everyone's talking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and
1: so. <laughs> They it was really weird the way they did it. They kinda of fucked up because they like you could go if you were a festival goer, but I think part of the deal was that they couldn't close the bar to bar patrons.
0: Oh right. So it was
1: like, oh well it's not really a So, so this isn't a festival. It, so it because we were performing on a band stage, oh. everyone in the bar who was not there for the show was just like, Oh, there's a band on stage. So they just talked really loudly yes. over us. Oh so, uh, so they
0: couldn't get the um, subtleties of pie or these other songs (laughs) like oh god I remember when Kate and I first started we were We'd written like maybe four or five songs, and half of them were comedy, and half were just kind of regular songs. Mm-hmm. And we're like, "Oh, where do we play? Do we play comedy venues? Do we?" Because we didn't know any other comedy. We didn't know anything that was happening. And so we played a couple music venues and a couple comedy venues. And we're like, "Oh, it has to it has to be comedy because we can't handle people standing." Oh, that's so Cause, funny. Because if people are standing up, the kind of the rule is you can talk between songs, right? And that's where we do all our banter and all our comedy. It was like between the songs, and we're like, "Oh, people." can't hear us if God that's so yeah. funny
1: because we arrived at the opposite mm-hmm. conclusion oh after because we started mm-hmm. in doing clubs
2: mm-hmm.
1: and we had we had a couple rough shows at clubs mm-hmm. and then we realized because our songs this a saw so, so, comedy songs unless it's like Stephen Lynch right where it's just like joke 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 joke, yes. joke they they're really just kind of a sketch that the audience has to buy into
0: yeah and it's got there's like a setup it has to breathe a little you have to
1: And if the audience doesn't buy the premise of the sketch, then they just have to sit through it. (laughs) Yes. And so we realized after touring for a bit in clubs, we would much rather be the funny guys in a music venue than the music guys in a comedy venue.
0: Interesting. That's funny we went to the opposite. We did. Although your stuff is more rock and roll. It's more like you have harmonies and like more – it's, it's, it's louder. We're, it is loud. Kate may is... have tiny voices and we can't sing harmony and we've got a uke and a guitar. It's very dinky. <laughs> like everything about us is dinky. And so it didn't go well with co- music venues.
1: You also have to. It's funny because our songs you have to listen to to understand the concepts, but mm-hmm. your songs you really have to listen to because you're, you guys are so hyper articulate in some places <laughs> yes. that it's very. It's – like you can really easily miss jokes if oh, you're not so paying attention. Fast.
0: And we go so fast when we're playing live. We yeah. just – yeah, we just speed through it and if you miss it, you kind of miss it. And we've we've talked about that. We're like we should – like tell a joke and then give it a second. But we're like, ah, no. And then we never do it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, this is this is uh, not something I can say to a lot of people, but it was an honor being in your hand job video.
0: Oh, thank you. Thank you. You were wonderful. I
1: appreciate that it. That was such
0: a funny, that was such a fun cameo when you were just like sitting in the corner. And we panned it. It was the first time we like had a person in a video other than us because <laughs> we were just always playing on my couch and we panned over when we had the Chris Hardwick line. And yeah, I, I forget sometimes, but you
1: you're you kind of like YouTube, kind of like kickstarted you, oh, didn't
0: it? We would not have a career if it wasn't for YouTube. We like we, we we're so grateful to YouTube, and we didn't know it was going to be a thing. Like when we started on YouTube, we we put these two videos on my couch up because I was leaving the country for a few months, and Kate was going away for a few months, and we wanted like our moms to see the videos and stuff. We loved our two songs, <laughs> and but I was like, oh, there's this thing, YouTube, and Kate's like, oh, well should we make it like nice and put makeup on? I was like, no, no one will see it. Like nobody knows about this thing, you know? And then, cause I didn't know it wasn't really a thing. And our YouTube channel was the first half of my email address. It's still, it's our YouTube channel is Ricky Lind. It was my, <laughs> it's not even Ricky Lind home. It's not Garfunkel and Oates and you can't change it. No. So I just, you know, like three years in when we're like, oh, we have a YouTube channel and it's called Ricky Lind. That's not a great, in all lowercase letters. It's still that. That's what our, year was that? That was two thousand seven, two thousand
1: eight. Okay, yes. Yeah, so that mm-hmm. that was because YouTube. I'm pretty sure YouTube's two thousand five yeah. was when it started. So two thousand seven yeah. is when it really started turning into like, yeah. oh, it's not just teenagers making video confessionals in their on their webcams. Right.
0: It's not just yeah, and like things like happen for people from like when um. So I left the I went to South Africa to film a movie, and Kate had gone somewhere. she went to new york to do something and then i went to spain right after so i would just been gone so i was gone for maybe four or five months and kate called me in spain and she's like so um the creator of scrubs called and he wants to use one of our songs on scrubs and i was like wait one of our youtube songs she's like yep and so he hired kate to play some part on there like of a nurse or something and she was gonna sing it with this guy and I was like, "Yes." And she's like, "How much do we charge?" I was like, "I mean, I don't know." <laughs> I don't know. And I was like, "I guess whatever the minimum is." I'm like, "We don't have a recording of it. We don't have like we only have like the grainy YouTube's. Like they have to re-record the whole thing." I was like, "Just whatever the Scale of it is. Let's just make sure it gets on there because we never thought we could tell. And then after Smart. that, people started watching our channel.
1: That is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And do you still put stuff up on there?
0: Yeah, not that often though. Not that, we haven't been writing songs like since I started another period. It's been um, which is a TV show, it's a not, television not my show. period. Yeah, it's not. A, um,
1: <laughs> I did. A, I had a period last week. I did another one yes, this week,
0: and then I started another one. <laughs> um, it's just it's really lousy with periods. It's, um, although that did happen to me once. I was when I was doing the Garfunkel and show, um, Ken Marino. Was in the same hallway Editing I think the um, The Bachelor show he was doing oh, right. Was yeah, it called yeah, yeah. Um, What was that show called uh, no, Burning, exactly. Love, Burning yeah, Love Burning Love, Love. Um, And he uh, Walked in And he's like Oh how's it going Whatever. I'm like I'm good Just working on another period And he was like cool, cool. And then I was like, no, no, no. Oh my God. And the show wasn't even out yet. I don't know why I thought he would know about it. And I was like, no, not my, not my, not my period. Not my
1: actual period. Yeah. It's the name of a show. And
0: he was like, okay, cool. I didn't think I knew you well enough for that, for that comment. And I was like, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. But yeah, but no, we haven't put up a video in a while. I want to write more songs, but it's shocking to it's me so that hard. you like
1: your, your work ethic, I mean, is incredible because I, so,
0: I mean that's a lot coming from you because your work I think is so incredible no, but you but you know like Mike Furman
1: and I because Mike produced your albums mm-hmm. and you know we always talk about how because we really we toured really hard to get our to get our Comedy Central half hour special which I think we shot in 2008 mm-hmm. and then once we did that we just like pooped out. We were like, oh my God, I don't know what else to. It's so. Do. I mean, after you
0: write 50 songs, you're like, what's number 51? Like, what well, we,
1: we didn't we write do? 50 songs, but or, when he records with you, he was like, it's fucking unbelievable. They release an album and then like the next Monday they're in the studio <laughs> recording more tracks. He was that like, that's true. And I go, yeah, Mike, I think that's how you're supposed to do it. <laughs> and we just like, I don't know what other songs oh my God. to write about.
0: I feel bad for Mike because I I'm like, I think we have a good, we have a good, uh, you know, Mike is like so sweet and, but I feel like I'm like a little psychotic and so, but I think he can take it. Like he can take, cause I feel a little bad cause I'm like, "Mm, I don't know. Try it again. Play it again. Play it again. Play it again. Play it again. Like, I'm just like that. You and just need to hear it. I'm just controlling and I know, specific. I know, but I know your
1: brain spins a million miles an hour because we had the talk about, like, what it takes for you to fall asleep. Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> it's a lot. It is a lot. It's, it's always, like, if I start dating someone, it's a little much to, like, introduce them to it. I'm like, um, so, you know, like, everyone's got, like... You know you have your things that you're like, okay, when am I going to tell the person about those things? Like that's that's one of my main things. I'm like, when are they going to find out that I'm terrible to be in a bed with? Can you
1: can you date another insomniac or does the other person have to like sleep through anything?
0: Oh, I'd love to date another insomniac. I never have, really. That would be amazing because then they would totally understand my plight.
1: Or you might drive each other crazy. Maybe. Yeah. It's possible you might drive each other five, but 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 it's you know, I'll yeah. see Instagram posts on, about your apartment and I kind of in the back of my head, I was like, I bet she was up all night organized.
0: <laughs> <laughs> kind of,
1: yeah. I bet she... Yeah. yeah. I can just imagine you like, it's two o'clock in the morning. And you're like, I'm going to paint that closet and yeah. you start painting a closet. <laughs> it's pretty much it's
0: pretty much like that. But I've, I've been training myself to like do things that turn my brain off like after a certain hour. So I'll be, I'll watch like Law and Order or Bones sure. or, or Friends or yeah. something that's just like, I'll make myself sort of be in a... Um, like what's it called when your computer goes on rest? Like what, sleep mode? Sleep yeah, sleep mode. That's it. Yeah. So I'll go on like
1: screensaver mode?
0: Yeah, I'll go in screensaver mode. Nice. Where I'll like try to make myself stand there. I'll play solitaire on my iPad or my phone. Like yeah. mindless kind of.
1: Listen, it is it is it is sort of the blessing and the curse of being like a high functioning obsessive, which is <laughs> you'll do a, probably do amazing career things. Mm-hmm you just won't sleep a whole lot. I just you know, won't. Like I'll you'll just never be able to.
0: Yeah. I'll you know, never take a nap
1: when people say, uh,
0: I love when people tell me they're like, Oh, you should take a nap. I'm like, I just like, I want to be like, yeah. And you should fly home. Like, <laughs> fuck you, Like, yeah, I just like, I can't, I you can't should sprout wings. Right. If you don't like traffic, you should just do it. It's easy. Watch. Yeah. Just, just do,
1: just, just do just, it. Just do it. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And it's, it's when people say like, mm-hmm. wow, it's, you know, it's amazing that you do so much. I kind of feel like there's a choice? I'm always awake. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I woke up at... Fuck. I woke up at 3.30 this morning and I had to be at Kevin and Bean at 7.10. Damn. And at like... Five forty-five. I was like, "Well, I'm not.
0: There's no. I can't go back to sleep. No, now. No, no. I it's, might as well. It's just it. I'm up. Get up and start. <laughs> Do you drink coffee? Oh, you. you yeah, have. I've got a latte right here. Yeah. Did
1: you? Uh, have you ever tried not drinking coffee?
0: I gave up caffeine for six months once, and because I was like going to give it a real try, because everyone's like, "No, you'll sleep better with it," and it was the worst six months of my life. I didn't sleep better, and I was tired all the time. But I feel like I gave it a real. You go. really tried. Yeah, it was in like 2010.
1: I think some of us just have brains that are like spinning tops yes. when they just, yes. and it's just, you know.
0: And I feel like never... Mike Furman can handle it when we're in the studio, but I sometimes I'm like, was I a little too weird? Was I, <laughs> like, I think I was okay. And he's always, you know, he's the nicest human. This, this is Mike. So, yeah. yeah. All right, yeah. I mean. And Kate Micucci's the nicest human, so they both, you know, are fine, but. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I think I got a little intense. I don't know.
1: Well, it, it, but it, you know, because it, it's fu- it's so funny the <laughs> the evolution of Kate McCucci
0: <laughs> It's amazing
1: through um, through Garfunkel and Oates. Oh my God! Because I remember a time where she was like, oh, I don't think I can say hand job on stage. You're like, Kate, just say it.
0: Yeah, yeah I know. And it's like, <laughs> I, yeah, we had it was a slow, and now she's like, like kind of filthy. Yeah, she's doing like. <laughs> naked threesome scenes in TV shows and just like, just, you know, putting it all out there. Yeah, it's like, it's been, I've never seen someone... Changed so much in what I think is for the better because her essential core is still the same like she's still like pull over and I'm like what she, and she'll get out and she'll be like look at the moon like, that's <laughs> that still a great King oh, oh my god that's still there that's that is that has not gone away but then she's also like should then I do she's this like, naked look see-? at the fucking moon <laughs> yeah exactly that's that's yeah and she's still like like I got a text from her the other week that was like should I do a painting with rainbows and spaghetti this is real and I was like you absolutely should <laughs> And we're like, okay, we'll call it Rainbow Sketti. And now she has like a whole Rainbow Sketti line of paintings.
1: That is, you know, but I would imagine Kate Micucci <laughs> is like reaching up and pulling out actual rainbows. Yes, And yes. smearing them there's, on a canvas. There's something she's, about
0: that. She's magical. She's magical. She's yes. a
1: magical creature. Yes, she is. She is, she would be studied yeah. at Hogwarts.
0: She would. She totally would be. But there's, we had this song called The Loophole, which is like. About, I know The Loophole. Yeah, it's about Anglo-Saxon. and and I I had the idea and I brought it to her and I was like I thought we were past you know oh I can't say the fuck word you know or whatever we can't <laughs> so say jobs. Can t- yeah thought we were past it and I brought her this idea and she was like oh I don't know I don't know and then you know the the main lyric is fuck me in the ass because I love Jesus yep. and it's 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 a lot it's do you know a lot this, do you do know the song Katie yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's it's a lot and um she was just like no 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 and then and I was and the thing with Kate is. She's very strong, and she she seems like meek, but she's not. Like if she says no, that is the end of the story, right. and I know that. Like, right. it's, she's like, mm, I don't, I don't think so, and I'm like, okay, and like, because <laughs> it's it? just, it's that's you know, even like, mm, nah, probably not. It's it's over, mm-hmm. and I know that, and so I didn't, I didn't bring it up. And then a year later, she's like, I need to talk to you about something. I'm like, all right, and I come come to her house, and I'm like, what's going on? She's like, I'm ready to do the loophole. <laughs>
1: I was like, yes. How metaphorical okay. in a weird sort of way of like someone coming <laughs> to go. I'm ready for anal sex. Yeah, exactly. What? In the song, I'm ready for, song, anal, sex. Song, ready for anal sex in the song. Right. But it's such a great. I mean mm. that that's that's one of those. First of all, mm. I I feel like you were probably a couple, of the only people who could have gotten away with that song. Yeah.
0: I get away with so much more cuz she's next to me. <laughs> I do. I get to like cuz she's so cute that we get to say lots of stuff. But you're but you
1: but the tonal quality of your voices on stage is is so um it's it's very earnest. Yes. And so the earnestness <laughs> really counterbalances like I think anyone else would have been like fuck me in the air. you know, right. and then it's just too much.
0: And we're like playing Characters who are coming to their boyfriends and being like, "Listen, like, <laughs> you know, I, I can't have sex with you because I'm a Christian." But we found this know, loophole. Fuck me in the ass because <laughs> I love Jesus. Like, yeah, it is very sincere. I mean, the lot, the math on the logic <laughs> tracks. It tracks. It yeah. totally tracks.
1: Did you grow up in a religious household?
0: I my house wasn't particularly religious, but my town was. Okay. I grew up in a town of a thousand people, like south of Buffalo. Oh wow. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, and i went home you know before the election it's just all trump signs and trump Mm -hmm. you know that's kind of the the vibe and so what are all your
1: friends doing
0: i don't really know that (laughs) many people from high school anymore (laughs) i have i have one friend who moved to london and she's like works in the government in london and then one friend who lives in buffalo and those are the only two people i keep in touch with so oh gotcha i don't i don't really go home
1: just when you got out that was like i'm out
0: Pretty much. I'm out.
1: Yeah. I got aspirations. Pretty
0: yeah. Pretty Well, I mean, I, the last time I went out in my town, I'll go home, but I won't go out. Like the last time I went out, I got in just so many weird conversations with people that it was like, I don't know if I can take this anymore. Like what? Like one girl, like I, I like my major credits were like being an extra on Nash Bridges and one McDonald's commercial. <laughs> And that was, like, a lot for people to take. Sure. Like, this one girl, like, basically, like, told me off because she was, like, I see you. I She's, like, you know what? You won. And I was, like, and I was, like, what? what, did I, what yeah. And she's, me? like, I just see you on TV. And I'm, like, you know what? Fine. She wins. And – but this was the weirdest part. So – I was like, oh, what are you talking, who is, and I didn't know who it was I was talking to. Sure. I didn't recognize her. And she was like, you know, me and you, we were like so competitive in high school. (laughs) And I'm like, who's this girl? Who's this girl? Who's this girl? Going through my head. It was like only like five years after high school. And I was like, who was, I was like, I wasn't really competitive with anyone. So I couldn't, I couldn't place her. And it was going, she's going on and on and then just started telling me off. And then finally I was like, I'm sorry, who are you?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Did you remember her?
0: After she said her name, I was like, oh, oh. Okay. Oh, I yeah, oh um, you. you. I thought about you all the time. Oh, I'm just trying to yes. defeat you.
1: I'm sorry. That um, was a tactic.
0: Right. Yeah. That
1: was a tactic <laughs> on my part.
0: Right. And in my mind, I'm like, what were we competing for? Like, there was nothing. We weren't in the same activities. Like, we weren't. Like, sh- she wasn't in the band. She wasn't in chorus. I'm like, what were we.
1: It's so crazy the on? stories that people write in their head mm-hmm. about. I mean, I feel like that's most mm-hmm. of culture now, is there is almost. Um, there is almost a religious quality of 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 the way people where it's like, oh, I don't know the answer to this, so I'm going to fill in the gaps, yeah. and make all these connections, mm-hmm. which may or may not be true, but this is going to form the basis of my core belief system, yeah. <laughs> whether or not you know, and no matter what you say, or no matter how much evidence you might be able to bring me to the contrary, for whatever this issue is. And And you also can't prove a
0: negative. I can't prove to her that I never thought about her. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, I can't prove that we were not rivals. Right. Or that it was a one-way, you know, so. So I guess you were rivals. Yeah, I guess. Well, you won. I did. So good for you. I got that McDonald's commercial. Yeah,
1: Nash Bridges. And then
0: it was just like, you know, smooth sailing from there. It hasn't been hard at all.
1: I noticed uh, (laughs) uh, on Lydia's, uh, because we use Lydia's Apple TV account, Mm -hmm. and she recently purchased Last House on the Left. And I don't (gasps) know if she's seen it. But as much as I...
0: That's what I was filming in South Africa. When, you filmed that in South Africa? I know, right? It was cool. That's I amazing. Why I d- did it, it looks like Maine. I don't was know. There nothing
1: South African nope, about that.
0: Not We were in the woods. We were at one house Everyone in the woods. had American accents? Yes. It was all very bizarre, but I was excited to be doing that.
1: Uh, yeah. But, you mm-hmm. know, that, that, that movie's not really horror in the sense mm-hmm. that it's more torture porn yes. than it is horror. Yes. But holy shit, it is really intense. It's so good. It's it's really intense,
0: and I'm not saying it just because I'm in it because I know that a lot of stuff I'm in is not good. Um, I love Last House <laughs> on the Left. I mean, the other two bad guys are Aaron Paul and Garrett Dillahunt. And Garrett Dillahunt, yeah, and they're yeah, they're. I just remember it was it was before it was like after season one of Breaking Bad, but before I think the world realized that Aaron Paul was like such a genius, right. and and I hadn't really seen Garrett in anything, and we had a rehearsal, and I was like, oh my god, I'm with like amazing act like i'm like this is like the big well garrett was two different characters in deadwood that's what everyone said but i hadn't seen it Ah, so i didn't know like it was but after the first rehearsal i was like oh my god i get to like be bad guys with these two people for like three months amazing was
1: tony goldwyn the tony was in it yeah sarah um sarah paxton sarah paxton Mm -hmm. who i hadn't seen because i just i wasn't the right age group but over halloween lydia bought like every iteration of halloween town (laughs) And so it recontextualized mm-hmm. that movie. I remember like, oh my God, this makes, this changes the tone of the movie for me even more because she was this like kid star. She's like a Disney star. And then is in this super fucked up. She was mm-hmm. on the podcast uh, maybe like four years ago. Three oh, nice. Or four years ago. But uh, yeah, it is It is an intense. Mm-hmm. I mean, the original movie is intense. Yes. But the remake was in fucking really intense.
0: It's. I thought the original was way more intense. You if, thought so? If, oh, if you watch the original, the woman, like, there's so much more nudity. There's um, – like the woman – they they forced this woman to pee her pants and I was reading about the thing. They made her do that. She like actually peed oh. like during the production. Oh. It was a whole – because it was so low budget. It was Wes Craven's first movie he directed.
1: They just couldn't afford they didn't stage think pee? Of,
0: I mean they just didn't think of it or something. I don't know. It was like – yeah, the the stories behind it and and the original last house and left was so crazy that it basically ruined everyone's career who was in it. Like they just never worked again because they were associated with this.
1: You know. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so when they came to you with the did you audition for it? Yep. You did. Yeah. And your hair was like black or was it black or it, was it? No,
0: it was blonde when I auditioned. And then, um, I think because Monica Potter was in it and Sarah and me and we were all blonde, oh, gotcha. they wanted to differentiate. And it was my first day of like hair and makeup test in South Africa. And the director, this guy, Dennis Iliades, who I love, he like, he walks into the trailer, walks over to me, looks at me and goes, diet black. And then just walked out. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, all right, here I we guess go. we're going to diet black. Here and we then, go. Yeah. And did, then did you My hair a- is still recovering. Still? Yeah. Yeah, because they put extensions in with these like these beaded extensions, like these antiquated ones that ruin your hair. And then they would dye it with, like, box color so it looked sort of trashy. And they dyed it over and over again to keep it the same color because it took place over one night. And
1: let me let me, let me take a guess. <laughs> that, that is great for your hair health?
0: <laughs> it's terrible. Oh, gotcha. And then okay, when exactly. I got back, we took mm-hmm. the extensions out and dyed it back to blonde. And it was like, ooh, yikes. And then I got a rule on Big Bang Theory where they're like, you need to dye your hair red immediately. So I dyed my hair red and then went back to blonde in this small period of time. And since then I've had hair extensions.
1: Well, yeah, because you can't, I think once, once you dye it blonde, Mm -hmm. you have to not touch it for a long time. Right. Otherwise it'll just like fall out.
0: It just falls out. Yeah. I had like, kind of like a long mullet. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, Oh shit. So I've had hair extensions for like 10 years now.
1: Um, another period is, uh, a triumphant show.
0: Thank you. Because
1: it is, first of all, it, it's so diff it's so in the Comedy Central landscape, it's so uni it's so it's, unique. It's it's such a it's such a brilliant idea. Like thank just the you. concept of it is great. Thank you. But uh it
0: Tonally it does not necessarily fit on that channel, but it doesn't really fit on any channel. I don't
1: know really what Comedy Central is tonally anymore. Like I don't really That's it's true, it's really kind of, diverse. It's just kind of a lot of things. Yes, that's true. And I think they're you know, they're just Anything that kind of stands out for them, it's not – I don't really – I don't. I wouldn't really know how to define Comedy Central anymore. That's
0: true because it's – it used to be like for like young dudes or something. But now it's like The Daily Show and all that, you know – Broad our, City. Broad City and, and you know, Drunk History. And Drunk yeah. History,
1: yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I – but – so, you made, are you making more or was it just three seasons? Or well, any we don't
0: know yet. It's coming out in January, January 23rd. And then um, I guess we're just waiting to hear after that. So, we don't know. I hope we can make more because we have just so many ideas and so many. Well, there's so many great people
1: on the show, too. God, it's crazy. And it's, it really is like a. It's it's just like a like a like a comedy petri dish of like every funny person just mushed into one show. It's
0: really like I am so obsessed with our cast, and like that's like the fun part about writing it is like we're like okay, so what do we want to see Brett Gelman do? And we're like okay, one everything. <laughs> like we want to see him do everything, but we're like or like what do we want to see Brian Husky do? And it's like that's kind of where we. Um, start the storylines from is we're just like, okay, what's the funniest thing to see Natasha do? (laughs) Like,
1: do you guys write it together? Just you and Natasha write it together? We write
0: it together, but then we also have a writing staff. Great. So we have a writer's room that we um, had to quickly learn how to show run.
1: (laughs) (laughs) A writer's room is a very interesting thing to... when you don't really have experience with that, you just go, you just put a bunch of funny people together and it'll mm-hmm. work. And then you realize, oh no, no, a writer's room has to be a well-functioning organism. Yep. <clears throat> and you really and have, have...
0: different functions. They have different functions yes. and
1: everyone has to have like, okay, well, we can't have like two quick joke writers right. without the balance of like a but, good story yeah. comedy writer and a good this and kind of writer. And the type of person
0: who's going to write on the whiteboard. Like that kind of right. organized person. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Like you need all those things. And yeah, of course our initial instincts is of course is to like have all of our hilarious, quick joke teller people, but you're like, no, you have to write an entire story.
1: And it it takes Mm -hmm. a while to find – and a lot of times, you know, Mm -hmm. you can figure out, like, what the exact balance is Mm -hmm. right before you wrap a show. Like,
0: oh, this is it. They should have done – yeah. Season three was, like, definitely the – we knew uh, how to run the room much more, which is good because it's, you know, our latest season. But it was one of those things where Natasha and I, for the first time, discussed, like, how do we get the best out of each writer? Because we hadn't thought of that. And we're like, right. oh, we can do anything. And we had this one writer who's so amazing. Um, but he's like a little quiet and a little and it's um and next to like, you know, our like loudmouth show off people, which is yeah. almost everyone else, right? We felt like we weren't getting the best out of him. And we were like, Do you wanna write from home? And he was like, Oh my god, yes. Yes. And we're like, Dude, should we try it? And I'm like, We're like, you can come in anytime. This is not we're not sending you away. But and then he started writing from home until like three o'clock every day and he would send us the best shit. And he just it,
1: needed to be right alone.
0: Yeah, he just needed, he just wasn't, um, you know, Mr. Like, take over the room personality. Right. But the stuff he was sending was brilliant. And then like some people, it was better to like go in a, in a pair in the other room and the two of them would work something out. And then, yeah, it just, uh, we didn't realize till season three that, not everyone has a comedian personality and well, a show off <clears throat> personality and they're just as brilliant, but they don't.
1: Yeah. Show running it or like even being head writer, mm-hmm. I think just because of the way that our brains work mm-hmm. very linearly, you go, Oh, that is better. But mm-hmm. then when you do it, you realize, Oh, I'm doing, now I have to organize everyone and be a manager. <laughs> yep. And I just want to be a creative person. You just
0: want to write. And then you end up, i all of my writing always came last. I would always rewrite other people's writing or it was, yeah. Natasha and I like, we would just, you know, stay home over Christmas break and write or something, you know, because our stuff just, you, you just end up pushing your own stuff.
1: And are so you? Later. Are you? Uh, do, how do you know when a? Do you ever feel like a mm-hmm. joke is done, or do you feel like, I don't know, let's try this mm-hmm. and we'll see? Or do you? Do you have really good gut instincts about like I know this is going to work? Mm-hmm. And how's your success rate on that?
0: It's pretty good. We. It's. It's funny because I remember. So David Wayne, who plays my husband on the show, we were doing, um, I think it was, we were editing the pilot for Garfunkel notes and he was working in the same building and he came in and, and I said, do you have any advice? Cause he's been doing this forever. And he was like, the one piece of advice is if something made you die laughing when you thought of it, use that joke. Don't use the joke. That's newer. Like even though you wrote that joke three months ago, it's still the funniest joke. He's All like, right, you might be a t- might be tempted to always do like the latest thing because that's what's funniest to you now. Right. And he was like, "But if it made you fall on the floor laughing, trust that and use it." Oh, that's a, that's really good advice. Yeah, and so <clears> we <throat> try to like remember when something like just tickled us to no end, and we're like, "Nope, that's the joke. That's the right joke." You know, and you know sometimes they get topped, but usually we try to stick to the original.
1: I wonder if. Cause that's a show. That's totally a show where you could just spin a movie out of it.
0: We've thought about it. I, I Kate McCoochie and I were talking about writing a, a stage musical of it. Oh, that's <laughs> – because we already have four songs. We have we have two songs this uh, we have two songs this upcoming season. Um, Armin Weitzman, who plays our butler Garfield, has a whole storyline where he he's an orphan and he goes to look for his parents. And so we have like orphan Annie songs that he sings, but he's a thirty five year old man. Oh my god,
1: you would. I think you would destroy. Wouldn't that be fun on Broadway? I think
0: that- Kate and I are working on a musical right now. Fuck, we've been we've been working on it for a while. It's it's a longer process than anything else. But, but- I also
1: think, in another period, another period musical, be fun? because I think people know what it is. Yes, and you could really focus on just one self-contained story <laughs> and workshop it and workshop the shit out of it until it's like tight. Yeah, and I think. People, I mean, I, I think it could be like, a, you know, the next Book of Mormon. Oh, where, man,
0: that'd be amazing.
1: Where people, I mean, I'm not really a Broadway person. You're not? Not really. Oh, I'm such but a Broadway person. I will go, oh, you are?
0: Oh, I'm such a theater dork. I went to see Something Rotten last night at the Almondson. I'm such a theater dork. Oh, how bad was it? Hey, guys. Uh, I'm I'm, really I'm just, I don't cute. know
1: anything about anything. Because uh, for me, it. I get frustrated as much as I love writing so- like comedy songs. Mm-hmm. I get frustrated with musicals because I just feel like I get frustrated the thing that makes them function which is like you're just singing the subtext of the <laughs> scene you know like it's expositional it's emotionally expositional you know and so it's hard for me to take myself out of that, and just under, be a spectator. That's
0: a val, that's a valid criticism of musicals. They actually address it in this in Something Rotten. There's a whole show about because it's it takes place in Shakespearean times, and it's like guys who are inventing the musical. They're thinking of oh, that's they're that's like really how funny. do we get people to come see this? And you know, someone's like write songs, and they're like what? And it's this whole discussion about how how awkward and and like you can't really get past the fact that they're singing, and that's, <laughs> and that's what the, yeah that's what the musical is about, which is funny. Got
1: it. Yeah. I just met this guy in a guy in New York. I was doing a, a thing with NBC, mm-hmm. and they have a show coming up called Rise. Okay. And it's uh, – the showrunner is the guy who wrote Friday Night Lights, and then the other executive Such producer is show. this guy that they introduced me to named Jeffrey Seller. Mm-hmm. And Jeffrey Seller, it turns out, produced uh, Hamilton, oh, Rent, geez. Avenue Q. Those were the top top-line ones. I'm like, Damn. holy shit.
0: Those are all life-changing for and, me. And
1: so Rise is basically a – I think you'll – it looks like if you like musicals, it's basically – it kind of reminded me of fame a little oh, bit.
0: man. But I'm just t- letting the producers of Rise know right now I'm tech avail, and I would love to be on your show. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I would love to write you a song or be on your show. Just saying.
1: <laughs> She's just saying, you guys. But it, it but it takes the fame <laughs> element out of it where it's like it's a high school drama program. Oh, no! Nice. So it's a musical show, but it's more about how – you know these kids' lives are profoundly affected by having a, this music program in their school and and no one's like trying to get famous, but it's just like very communal and cathartic for them. oh,
0: it's already my favorite show, yeah
1: <laughs> and, and Josh Radner's in it, oh, and nice. Rosie Perez is in it really, and the oh, girl who played awesome. Moana is in it, and wow. like it's just.
0: How good was she at the Oscars? She was like 16. You just, the Moana girl. You yeah, she's only singing? 17 now. Oh my so, God. Yeah. Do you remember she got like hit in the head while she was singing? at the oh, Oscar? No. Like with like a flag or something? Like it wasn't. Oh,
1: right, right, right. But
0: she, I was like, you were at the Oscars and you got hit in the head and you're I, singing a solo and it didn't even phase her. It I haven't, like, I like, haven't watched the Oscars the
1: last couple of years.
0: Uh, oh, you missed the best one then.
1: You know what? Cause it just.
0: When Moonlight won.
1: Oh, what, la- what,
0: when La La Land. Oh, that. Yeah,
1: I mean, I, 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 mean, I saw all the, right. I saw, I I'm saw like whatever monster, sort of I Twitter moment version of that, of that <laughs> happening. But it's, um, you know, the Oscars are just so, so serious. Oh God, I know. And it's, and, and we're in a time now where there's so much social pressure to like, Nothing's funny. Don't make fun of anything. Fuck you. You know, because people so are so odd. angry, and understandably so. There's a lot of shitty things it's going on. It's hard to write
0: comedy songs right it's now. It's
1: really weird to write comedy. Period. And, and I
0: nothing feels important,
1: right? Or it but, feels
0: it just feels like what am I going to write about my friend being late? You know, <laughs> do you know, like I've got no like.
1: But can I tell you, I yeah. would still Im- invest time in that because I think people do need that escape.
0: They do. They, they
1: do need that escape. I mean, if you if you feel really compelled to Mm -hmm. write social satire, Mm -hmm. like real biting social commentary about all the horrible things that are going on, I would say do it, but I wouldn't say you have to do it. I think if you feel like writing your friend is late songs, that means that there is X number of other people out there who would love to have a break from so the true. the really toxic mm-hmm. news cycle mm-hmm. of everything that's you know everything that's going on.
0: That's true. I went to see Tig and Rory Scovel a few oh weeks ago. Oh my god,
1: what a great! Are they Such performing great, together.
0: Yes. Well, no, I mean he he opens, opens for her, but that's but what I mean. They're in like the same an hour bill. And she did like an hour, so it was yeah, it was amazing. It was at Largo, but they both did not too much topical stuff, and it didn't bother. I was like, oh, this is great. Like Rory has, I don't know if you've seen that bit he has where it's like about. Um, some a Batman in a small town where everyone just recognizes him, you know. <laughs> and he's like, and then, and then, like it's a, it's an amazing bit that I'm totally rooting. But it's
1: did uh, she do her Indigo Girls bit?
0: She didn't do it this time. She only did new stuff this past time. But got her Indigo. I love oh, Tig is just the best.
1: She just for people who don't know, Tig spent, I think maybe 20 minutes at the, the Comedy Central um, Comedy Festival Cluster Fest because <laughs> I, I was on that show. Almost her entire set was (laughs) fucking with the audience about bringing out the Indigo Girls and whether or not the Indigo Girls were actually there. (laughs) And she kept going back to it. And it was so inspired. Like, oh, my God. How did you – and it never – and every time she brought it back, it killed more each time. time.
0: She's so funny. She she did – I guess one time she did the Indigo Girls bit for – uh what's that ira glass show
1: oh the the um yeah Uh, this is american life this is american life sorry for that
0: and and then they did come out finally oh (laughs) oh, they finally did come out (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> but that's what's great about that bit is that it's funny if they come out and it's funny if they don't come yes. out. Yeah. It's just like a perfect – it's a bulletproof bit. God, she's so Because even if you don't know who the Indigo Girls are, that name – you know, like if you say it enough, it mm-hmm. starts to become funny. Yeah, Tig's so fucking great because if you – I mean I've always adored her, always adored her. Mm-hmm. And she – you know, I, I she's fearless. She's I mean fearless. she beat cancer she did a set without her shirt on so you could God. see that she beat cancer. It's crazy. And she's just like, she's just like a fucking badass. Like she, I have nothing but respect for her. Sometimes I hear, uh, you know, I'll hear people complaining about their careers or, oh, no one wants this or I, no one wants to hire me or I, mm-hmm. and I go, what are you pitching? <laughs> what are you trying to do? What are you trying to create? What are you trying mm-hmm. to, I mean, it's, you know, like you.
0: It's harder to have sympathy for people who aren't, also trying to make something happen you
1: make you make so many things you mm. are you never stop making things probably largely due to your insomnia but you <laughs> never stop you never stop making things mm. and i think it's important for people to understand that you you can't really complain i mean i guess you can but if you're not doing everything you can to try to make it work it's
0: really hard to have sympathy. I went, I spoke at a class recently about low budget show running. Mm-hmm. Um, and cause it's, it was these people who were like thinking of making their own shows and things. And I, and I spoke at it and you could see the disappointment in some people's faces about how hard it is, you know, like at every turn it's, it's so much work and it's so hard. And, um, people wanted like that magic bullet answer. And some people were just like, they got it. And they were like, yep, I'm going to start doing that. You know, but it was interesting seeing the divide in people and, and in their questions. And they're like, but what if I just – and it's like whatever comes after the just is you know, – don't do that. I, I think a lot of
1: people don't realize that they do have power, that they really do have their own – I mean it's like – okay, you may not necessarily have the power to like go make a high-budget movie if, sure. on a whim. Sure, But power in the sense that – because uh, you, you and I have t- had conversations before because I think we were both into like – you know hyper motivational studies, yes' is like how do we i
0: love self help books I love I all do that too
1: stuff. because they you know even though you know a percentage of them are there are a lot of there are a lot of repetitive concepts, yes which means that they are there's probably some truth to them yes, there is a lot of garbage out there, but I sort of feel like even if even if you just retain one morsel of information mm-hmm. from anything it's better than if you were just like. Listening to your the same playlist you were listening to in your car over and over I and totally over again. I totally agree.
0: Because there's been things that I've taken from these books that I have never lost. And I'm like, the, it just things like... What's your favorite? One of the things that kind of changed my life is, is reading this book about willpower. Uh-huh. Have you read the studies about willpower? How you have a limited resource of willpower? No. So it's a limited resource. And they've studied it a lot. And it's not something... Like you have as much as you have, and it's not something that you can necessarily expand. Like you you can sort of, but then like the next day you're too tired. Like it's it's just a limited resource. And so you have to decide what to use your willpower on. So when I'm like doing a really hard project or writing or something, I'm not worried about You know, eating a vegan lunch. I'm just like, give me pizza. Like, I don't use – I don't work out that morning. I don't use my willpower. Because you need that energy to
1: focus on the other thing. I
0: need all my willpower to get through this draft. Right. And so I don't work out that morning. I don't worry about returning emails. I don't – like, or whatever things that take any willpower. Like, I don't know if returning emails takes willpower. But anything that takes any of that juice, I don't do it. Right. Right. I, I order. I don't go get food. I order it. I make things easy on myself when I'm trying to concentrate my willpower. Got it. So that was very helpful. That's great. Mm. I, I think – What was yours?
1: Well, I just – I think people – I think we live in an, an infomercial age mm-hmm. where people just want to be like a P90X commercial. Mm-hmm. Like, I just want abs. I just want yeah. rock hard abs <laughs> in like a couple weeks. Right. And
0: – Just want to revolutionize television. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and
1: the truth of the matter is that the – the 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 path to success or the creative process can be very it's very unromantic in a sense mm-hmm. or it's very unsexy yeah. in the sense that it's like I think people just want to see oh I want to throw a hundred percent into my en- of my energy into this thing for a day and then I want everything to be changed and it's like oh, no, no. you y- 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 you know uh, understanding the power of sort of like compounded interest mm-hmm. in an account of incremental change that even though you even though someone might say to themselves like well you know, I I have to, you know, I have to work this one job because I have a family and I don't have a choice. And this, I would say, yes, I understand. Mm-hmm. I think there are probably places where you have choices where you don't realize mm-hmm. because it's so automated, mm-hmm. even in just the way that you view things in your life yes. or how you perceive things.
0: Or how you like have your schedule, which I think is interesting because everyone's got, um, have you read that? Uh, it's, it's called like Creative Habits. Have you read that book? No. It's amazing. It's like all, it's like Creative Habits of all these amazing artists throughout time. And it's like, have they all sort of found like, like treating yourself like an experiment mm-hmm. where you're like, do I write better if I wake up at six in the morning or do I write better at midnight or do I write oh, better great. after I've had a glass of wine or do I write better, you know, with coffee or do I write like using yourself as a science experiment right. and figuring that out? Cause like, even if you do have a full-time job, there's probably ways to maximize your creativity that you haven't invested in yet.
1: Or even if it's just one, you know, it, this sort of uh, the the getting things done methodology is is interesting but it it it's it it can be a little tedious when you mm-hmm. get into it but it but it's just sort of the idea of like you know getting all of your thoughts out of your head mm-hmm. and onto paper or yeah. onto whatever you know if you use evernote or whatever your your writing program is and then writing down what your goals are mm-hmm. And then – but also understanding emotionally like what your emotional motivation for those goals are because some people might go, well, I just want a million dollars. Okay, why do you want a million dollars? I don't know because it's better. All right. That's not enough of a reason. No. You need to understand like the more specific you can get with your goal setting and then once you understand emotionally why you want that thing, then breaking down into steps. Is there any even tiny incremental thing I can do today that moves me a little bit closer to that Mm -hmm. thing? And it might take a few months before you really start to see the results of it. But eventually, it, it, it adds up. is kind of like an aircraft carrier turning that you will, you will start to feel. Mm-hmm. And I really do believe when you start making decisions that are beneficial to you uh, over time, it really will... Make a difference,
0: especially if it's like writing or comedy, because every time you do it, you get better at it. Right. Even if you have a terrible set, you're like, OK, well, I'm not going to do that again. Or or you learn how to handle a heckler or like whatever it is like you get better at it every time you do it. So it is incremental.
1: Yeah. I mean, you can't you no r- remotely reasonable comedian would think, oh, I'm just going to write a perfect hour mm-hmm. set on a Thursday and then I'm going to go do it on a Friday. Oh Although and then... Kate and I
0: thought that at the beginning, we, had, <laughs> we didn't know. We didn't know comedians. The only comedian we knew was Doug Benson. Right. Um, and, and we actually hadn't seen him do stand up. We'd only seen him do uh, Douglas movies or the Benson interruption. And so we didn't actually know. And the third show we ever did was an hour. And we, like, didn't totally have enough material, but we're like, oh, it's fine. Like, we played twice live. And then we were like, oh, let's rent out a space and do an hour show. Because <laughs> we didn't know that people worked years to get an hour. And so we just – we played, like, some covers. We did, like – we read, like, Ashanti poetry from this book. We just, like – But you know what's great about that is that you learn.
1: You, that's, how you, totally that's how you learn. You took yeah. a you took a risk and you learned. Mm-hmm.
0: We did so... that twice. And then we started playing shows with, like, in the Scott Ackerman crew. And we were like, oh, we got to get better fast. Right. <laughs> like, it was – we were doing okay. Like, we it, we kept the show going, you know, and we got laughs and stuff. But you can feel that palpable difference between, you know, you and Patton Oswald when you've been doing comedy for two months. Well, well
1: Patton is a guy mm-hmm. that Thursday could write an hour set and Friday tape he, it.
0: He is, yes. <laughs> he's so, one of the okay, few. Yes. Unless you're Patton. Okay, unless you're Patton. He's, he's one of the rare, rare exceptions. you can feel that difference in that Kate and I were just like, oh, we got to get better and we got to do it now or we're not going to be in this crew very long. Right. Like, we kind of got lucky getting these spots in these shows and we're like, uh we're not going to be here very long if we, if we don't improve. Right. And it was cool. And we went to see a lot of comedy and just, you know, m- just worked on it day and night. Oh, and you,
1: by the way, just a side note. Uh, I was going to invite you to see all the notes. Cause we got a, you know, like we went with a group oh, and nice. you already went. I was already there. Yeah. And I already <laughs> saw that you, you went the night before. I
0: see them every time they're here. I think. I, well, I, well, Kate and I are friends with John Oates. I know. He's the best. We love him. He once so, took me guitar shopping in Nashville. Holy shit. That was like a dream. I was just like, I am tar shopping so he's got a pretty good
1: sense of humor about the whole thing oh
0: my god he contacted us on myspace when we first started (laughs) and and sent us this message and he was like i heard you're using my name um and he's like i grant you permission if i get free beer at your shows (laughs) and we were like holy shit and he's like do you guys want to jam sometime and we're like yes obviously jammed
1: with with john totally
0: totally but kate but john is such an amazing player and kate and i are you know we're fine. We're fine. Um, I'm much better than I was when I started, but I'm still just fine. And so we were like, you know, he'd be like, take it away. And we're like, no, you, <laughs> we're going to play these three chords. We're going to kick it back over to yeah. you. Like Kate's not like doing like uke solos. You know, we were just like, uh-huh. I'm like, I'll shake these maracas.
1: But our Garfunkel is less. Never met him. Right.
0: Never heard from him. We'd love to meet him. But he was on Flight of the Concord, so he must have some funnyness. Somewhere.
1: Or something. Or, yeah. so, or or someone talked him into it.
0: Right, right. But yeah, I, I mean, he he must have heard of us just because when you – if you Google Garfunkel, we come up right away, you know. So he must
1: – That was also you know. interesting to use two other people's names as your identity, <laughs> yeah. you know, as your like
0: – That was the best. That was so fun. We, like I've like – basically, like, relentlessly harassed Kate until she let us have that name. <laughs> because because I went to see Hall and Oates at the bowl, and we were in the back, and um, so we could only really see the screen, and the cameraman had a close-up on Hall, and then it was, like, Oates and the band. And there was no two-shot, and there was no John close-up. And I'm like, that's hilarious. Like, that's crazy. Like, it was just... Do they not get along at all? I don't know. It seemed like the cameraman at least thought that. Right. And I was just like, this is really funny, and thought of that name and then um and then yeah kate wasn't totally feeling it and so we thought of like so many other bad names and then we basically had no name and we went to record these songs at this studio and kate had recorded her part and she left and i was with him and i was like well we're thinking about calling garfunkel notes he's like it has to be that and i was like it does right (laughs) and he was like it has to be that and i was like let's call Kate. And we called her a bunch of times. She was at like Chinese food dinner. She comes out. She's like, what? And we're like, it has to be Garfunkel. It has to be both of us were on the phone. We're like, Kate, this is its destiny. This is what it, it has to be. And she was finally like, Oh, fine.
1: <laughs> oh, fine. Yeah. Fine.
0: Yeah. So that's kind of how it happened.
1: But you, but it's been difficult for you. I would imagine it's, first of all, it's very difficult to keep a band together. It's difficult to keep. Oh
0: my God. It's so hard.
1: When you have when the two of you or four of you, however many, mm-hmm. have to drive it. Like with something like another period, you know, an organization will say you are going back to work at this time. Yes,
0: Here Comedy Central is like, here's what's happening. Yeah. But
1: when you are that governing body mm-hmm. and there's no real, there's 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 no real, um, uh, I guess, accountability to anyone but yeah. yourself. Boy, that is a, that is very hard to prioritize that because you're like, well, I don't know, I got to do this other. thing. It's
0: stuff. hard because it's. You know, you don't make a ton of money, at least not at first, doing comedy. And it, it was hard to sort of give up other things. But then it just got easier and easier because I was so happy about what we were doing. And, like, I – you know, I just remember um, I had dinner with this friend of mine. And I was like, I'm thinking about not doing pilot season because I was just – is an actor. And so, like, that's all you wait for is pilot season. And he was like, what do you mean? And I'm like, I, I want to, like, create and start my own show. And he was like, oh, uh, yeah, don't we all? And I was like, nobody really, really wanted And he was like, uh-huh, totally. And he was so – Flippant and dismissive that I was like, "I'm not doing pilot season." <laughs> well, good. You, I'm gonna fucking create and start my own show. And I told my agents I wasn't doing pilot season, and they were like, "What?" I'm like, "Yeah, I want to. I don't want to be in some seven year contract." I, God, like,
1: I remember the year I, t- I t- decided that I wasn't gonna do pilot season. either It was so freeing because you have no power. No, and the only power you have is to just not do it. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's
0: the
1: only. <laughs> mo- or or at least figure out how to make it enjoyable for yourself. Yeah, you could do that. But I I did not enjoy the process right. at all, and uh, and that that felt so good.
0: But I didn't want to be in a seven year contract because then like when would we make the Garfunkel and Oates show? Like, right? If, if I was, yeah.
1: Yeah, it, it is sort of a good good news bad news situation where you go, oh, I'm finally on this show. I mean, I've had friends who their whole goal was to get on a sitcom and then. It got picked up and then it got picked up and it got picked up and they were like, oh, I can't do anything else. And now mm-hmm. someone listening to that might go, well, fuck you. You're getting paid money and you go, yeah, but you still have creative desires. Yes. You still want to be able to do things. And, you know, seven years is is the better part of a decade of your life.
0: Yes. It's a real commitment. It's and And
1: if deal. you get so identifiable as that one character, then – then you could work for seven years and then not again for like a lot more.
0: Ever, maybe. Or, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although I feel like that's happening less now because there's so much content. But yes, there, it's and there's a lot still... of cross
1: pollination too. And mm-hmm. people understand that, you know, that the media is different. But I think
0: it's you know, a big commitment. Well, and also like I was auditioning for dramas too. So it, like being on a, like an hour drama is like you work you know, fifteen hours a day. And oh yeah, and there's no it can be life. like,
1: oh, your call time's three PM, your call time's six AM, your call times five AM. Like there's no
0: You can't make other things.
1: There's yeah, you you mm. just can't. And yeah. the and the time that you have off, you're exhausted.
0: Yeah. And like, you know, Padgett Brewster who's on another period, she's also on Criminal Minds. Is she still on? And yeah. And so um yeah, she actually well she accepted the She's
1: she, so fucking funny. She's
0: so fucking good. So but she um they asked her to come back to the show and she said only if you carve out another period oh that's great yeah and they were like at first probably a little bit like carve out what like what are you talking about like what is this like you know because that that shows like i think it's the number one drama in the world and you know we're obviously a tiny show on a tiny thing but yes they carved it out for her but like even hearing about her schedule i was like whoa that is she that shows a lot like she works a lot
1: that's great well i i think um uh, oh and you were doing your you were doing making it, the making it podcast for a while. Yes. Are you gonna go back to that at I want
0: to. I keep wanting to, and then it I it just basically when I got a TV show, it was yeah. it I, I ran out of energy. I, just I couldn't totally do it understand. Anymore. Yeah. But I you but, can I don't know how you keep all these balls in the air. You seem to be able to do a lot of different things. Well, yeah,
1: I try, but I just
0: How do you um here's the thing that I'm bad at. This sure. is this is my self-help advice that I sure. need from you. Is how do you reset your brain like if say after this you're gonna go and write something like how do you what do you do to change over to the different mode
1: i think i'm excited by the i, I i'm excited by the freshness of the other thing mm. that that invigorates me because i don't i mean i'm not gonna you know i'm not gonna say that i have adhd but i do have only so much attention span for things right. and so this kind of piecemealed modular career I have where I do one thing mm-hmm. for a couple hours and another thing for a couple mm-hmm. hours and another, it's very much how my brain works. And so,
0: oh, so that is I,
1: I do like that. It, but, but if, if if you can find anything in it, it's rather than looking at the next thing as a chore, yeah. like, Oh, now I got to lift another rock. Mm-hmm. It's sort of being invigorated by the passion part that you're excited about, which is why I think it's important, you know, to, do things that are, that you really care about Mm -hmm. because when you do things that you don't care about, and obviously you don't always have that luxury and not, and not everyone has that luxury, Mm -hmm. but it, but if you do, if you ever get to, if you can, then finding those little nuggets of things that you're passionate about help you sort of do that packet switching so that when you start the next thing, you're excited about it because it's something that you're excited to make i' try to
0: do i'm going to try to shift my focus that way because I always have a i have a hard time doing more than one thing in a day, yeah, and it's not great for the type of career i've chosen
1: yeah i mean it's it's i feel like having to you know we we have to kind of diversify our careers the way you would a stock portfolio mm-hmm. because you just don't ever know it's like well, I don't know if another period's coming back well i got to work on this well i got to do this now i got to do this so it I think it's really important to only work on things that you give a shit that, or at mm. least if you're forced to work on stuff that you don't give a shit about mm-hmm. if you're in that situation, is there a lot of it's you know a lot of it's asking your brain the right questions yeah is rather than saying like, "Oh my god what 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 am I you know this how, how is this not gonna suck or you know at least just kind of like find, conference
0: calls or things like that yeah, exactly. you're like oh okay,
1: just at least yeah. sort of understanding the the nugget of the reason for why it's important to you. And is Mm -hmm. it going to drive you closer to this thing that you want and can it, or is there something you can learn from it or what can be, you know, if you really ask yourself like, well, what, what is positive about this thing? Mm -hmm. Your brain might give you an answer that you weren't really expecting because you've, you've just Mm -hmm. kind of autopiloted that it's going to, or
0: it might be like, nothing and then you have to like rethink your
1: (laughs) it might be choices if 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 you get enough nothing and again you know i'm sure people listening are like fuck you it's easy you 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 know you can you have and it's like yeah but But i wasn't i wasn't always that way and it doesn't
0: just apply to things that are hugely successful like it applies to everything you like anyone who's trying to be an artist like your whole day is choices of what you you know if you're trying to be a writer like you wake up in the morning and no one's telling you what to write like you have to pick like you're deciding and you're pitching it to people and you're you know but it's also very easy it's also
1: very easy to get addicted to especially for people with obsessive personalities get addicted to the honeymoon period mm -hmm. not just of um it's sort of sort of like dating. It's like mm-hmm. uh, like new relationship energy. Mm-hmm. You have that with projects.
0: Yeah, like a new idea. You're like, oh, I love it. And, and then, then so then it gets hard.
1: Exactly, it gets mm-hmm. hard because main, maintenance is not sexy. No, it, or at least I don't. You know, like I don't. It's it's like getting something up and running. Oh, you're brimming with ideas, mm-hmm. and you just feel all that. They, oh, you're just so excited, and then it's like
0: now Uh, what do I so page 75 of my script and now on a rewrite uh, yeah like (laughs) Like I I still don't know what to do with the second half of. so I guess it's
1: really understanding like what it is that you want and if you can understand what it is that you want out of that process maybe you can focus on that rather Mm -hmm. than the thing itself or trying to understand like how to get something done, how to like beat the clock on your excitement so that you're like, you get
0: Oh, that's a good idea. I've never thought of that. Like try to like get it done before I'm not excited anymore. It's a little
1: bit of a time, like a race. Oh, that's kind of fun. It is kind of fun because it, it, again, it goes back to what you were saying about understanding how your brain works Mm -hmm. because how many of us know or how many of us are those people that have a string of, uh, you know, of initiated projects And then at a certain point, you're like, ah, this is dumb. Yeah. But it's also like saying – So many
0: things I do, I get to a certain point, I'm like, this is terrible. But that's part of it. Like that's – you know, you have to do like a few days of work on something before you can be like – even know if
1: it's a real idea. But you also know that – if you also understand Mm -hmm. that that's – that there's more to the process than just that initial, you know, hot, sexy energy Mm -hmm. when you're excited about an idea – that you know that you can get excited about an idea again. So when your brain says, look, well, this is dumb or this is terrible or right. this sucks or I mm-hmm. suck, you, you can say to yourself like, yeah, but I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. And then because you can find – you will you will get to another point. Where you're like, oh, my God, this is This all. is why it's great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: But it's so fun. Yeah, Kate and I are trying to write a musical right now and it's a whole new um, genre. It's a whole new – like doing stage stuff. It's a whole different part of your brain and uh, you know because we just our songs you know you only have to think three minutes long right and this is like they further the plot and they're all part of this
1: is it existing songs or are writing new songs um
0: we're writing new songs wow we're, we're just we're trying you know we'll see if this ends up being we've been trying to write a musical for a long time but this idea i think is going to be the idea that we keep going on but you know we'll see
1: that's fantastic
0: yeah we'll see
1: well i think you know it's i i hope you considered Doing some kind of I thing again at some point because I think people – I think you could be a really good role model for people who, um, you know, want to take more charge of their destiny. Gosh,
0: I should do Making It Again. You know, people like come up to me it's, – it's weird. They have like emotional reactions to the podcast. Like they'll come up to me like almost in tears and be like it, and be like that podcast. Like there was a guy who, oh my gosh, last year at the HBO Emmy party, he was there on a show that was nominated for an Emmy, and he was like, "I'm here because of you." Holy shit! And I was like, "Oh my god!" And he was had tears in his eyes, and he was like, "Your podcast." He was like, and he told me how his life was going, and it, it was, you know. All the evidence was pointing to him. No, this wasn't going to happen for him. Right, but then so same with everyone on my podcast. Like every piece of evidence, except for a couple people, it seemed like Ooh, this is really dark. Like yeah. this is not going to nothing's going to ever break. And yeah, he said that he l- would listen to it obsessively, and he's like, it gave me like a a sort of a deep hope. That's great. He's like, and, it, and then it worked out, and I was like, holy shit.
1: Yeah, but I don't think anyone ever feels like I think very few people start out. And go. I, I think if someone is able to go, like, yeah, I'm just, I'm a shoe in <laughs> You might be a sociopath, right. you know, like. I, I, but I think everyone, everyone feels that sense of like, well, this is never. Why? Mm-hmm. Why would this happen for me? I'm
0: not. I can't. Totally. Do, I'm not. I'm not. I'm terror. I'm not. It, but it's that thing of like, say, like five years in, seven years in, and you still don't have the evidence that something's gonna break. Like right. it's that kind of time where you're like. I you know, and you're seven years better at what you do, so you're actually probably closer than you think, but it feels impossible. And, but I think know. that's
1: why it's important to keep writing down your goals, mm-hmm. understanding why you want them. They can change over time. Are you still passionate about these things? Are there new ways you can present these things? You know, do you always hear this there's so many stories of someone who was like, I was ready to quit, and then I just mm-hmm. I kinda of got to that place and I just made this other thing and then that was the thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like you just you just don't know. You you honestly just never know. But i you gl- look at
0: someone like Karen Kilgariff who's been brilliant for so long. Yeah. And now she's doing the biggest thing she's ever done. <laughs> the spot, and which it's which out of just nowhere. The thing she was yeah. passionate about. Yeah. And it's not My favorite related murder. to necessarily what she was doing before. I mean she's so fucking good. But um yeah, and now it's like the biggest but thing. But isn't ever. it
1: interesting that this podcast essentially Pulled together every skill set that she had been working on mm-hmm. over the years. Yep. And so it is about being open to, you know, if you are on one path and then just kind of accidentally discovering like, oh, my skill sets actually a little broader. can cross-pollinate with this other thing. Mm-hmm. And so all that, you know, all that time... This is this is the fruit that it's bearing. Mm-hmm. Even though it may have been different than what I had foreseen, mm-hmm. wow, how much better because this is such a unique organism. Yeah. You know, it's such a unique thing.
0: And that show is so funny. It's there's it's such a good idea.
1: Yeah. Oh, but, it's it's great. Yeah. And they you know, and they it is something that they're passionate about. Yes. So I know you're passionate about self improvement and getting better and making things happen. And so mm-hmm. I think it I think it is helpful to people if you ever if you ever get a chance. Gosh,
0: I really want to I I will. I wanna go back. I do. I wanna do it.
1: Do it. Yeah. Right now. I, I, right. If I know you um, by tonight, yeah. you'll be like... <laughs>
0: That's, the thing. That's so true. <laughs> There's so many people. It's, it is, I went to... Um, did you go to Scott and ups Christmas party? No,
1: I wasn't able to go. I was oh, out okay. of town.
0: Um, but there were so many people at, that I was talking to there that I'm like, oh, I haven't interviewed them. Like They would be great. Like So many people who make things at that party.
1: That yeah. Like, and hmm. you learn from it and the audience will learn from mm-hmm. it while you're learning
2: from it. I mean, mm-hmm. it's,
1: it's great. It's really great. I want to do it. There was another piece of advice that I found really interesting in sort of dealing with other people that a therapist told me once, which was um, listen to people. They will tell you who they are if you really listen.
0: That's such, that's so true.
1: So, you know, when we were sort of going back to like, mm-hmm. like looking at people's art when they talk about, you know, if someone constantly says on stage, like, hey, I'm a piece of shit. <laughs>
0: Maybe uh, they're t- – you know, I don't know.
1: Yeah. I'm not saying all the time. Right. And that's why it's tricky with comedy because you never know what's enhanced or what's, what's, what's the not. Pers- and but what per- things
0: are – real like someone like Anthony Jeselnik who's the nicest guy in the world and his persona is so dark. You're right. like, okay, well, that one does not really apply. But a lot of people you can – But even in relationships
1: and- though, like how many times have you been in relationships where – So many. Where, so, where someone legitimately – when you go back and you go, Oh my God, I told they were telling me, mm-hmm. and I just like swatted the information out of the mm-hmm. way because you know, this is why this is why lust can be such a difficult oh, thing to manage. It's so because hard. And it deafens lust you. In
0: loneliness. Like right. someone who like stops you from being lonely and like and you know, you you like want them lustily. But you start yeah.
1: making exceptions and you start making yeah. exceptions and you start making exceptions, and then you can get to a point in a relationship where you go, How did it get to this point? And you're yeah. like, well because you made a lot of exceptions mm-hmm. because you 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 didn't want to listen mm-hmm. and, you know, now it's, you know, now it's messy.
0: And it's weird. And my last relationship, he told me, like, accidentally, like, why we were going to break up. Like, he sort of accidentally said this thing and I was like, what is that? <laughs> and, was, I mean, this was, like, a month in. Yeah. And I didn't, and I, and my whole body was, like, sort of shut down and I was like, that's, what 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 is that? Like, that's... That feels really weird. And I feel like that's what's going on. And he was like, No, 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 no. Oh, I misspoke and whatever. And I was like really mad about it. And then he sort of talked me out of it. And then like six months later, a similar sort of sentiment came up. And I was like, That's what the thing is. And he's like, No, it's not. And then when we finally broke up, I was like, It was that. It's this. It's that
1: thing. And you tried to tell me. And, and I didn't then he's listen. finally
0: like, Yeah, that's the that thing. And I was it. like, Cool.
1: Have you, ever, have you ever had friends <laughs> who dated someone and they, uh, and, uh, you know, or if you've ever dated someone mm-hmm. in the beginning, the other person goes is like, um, yeah, you know, I've cheated on the last few people, but, you know, and, and then you go, oh, OK, because then you in your, in your brain you're oh, like, I'm having a meeting. And then that person cheats on them. They're yes. like, they told you up front yeah. that that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Now, again, I'm not, you know, I don't want this to I don't want this to be misconstrued mm-hmm. as like blaming the victim. But I also think it's important. You know when people try to tell you who they yeah, are, like, like listen, you listen, you can, you can listen and to them. And if you're
0: okay with that, like some people don't care that much about infidelity, and if you're okay with that, then yeah, keep going. But if that's the agreement, do, yeah. if
1: that's the agreement that yeah. you have, like I think most agreements are okay as long yeah. as both parties are yes. aware yes. and agree. Yes. But anything that's not agreed upon, you know, like that's gonna be a problem.
0: Yeah, I, I, I totally. I, I was stating a guy that long ago and he was like yeah I always do this thing where just like out of nowhere for no reason I'm just like not interested in, in oh, the person shit. I'm dating anymore and then like that's totally what happened like it was going really well like and then just kind of out of nowhere suddenly he was like just like ended it and I was like well, that is, weird it's sort of, and I'm it's, like oh he told me on our first date ugh.
1: you know <laughs> it's also easy to it's also easy to say like oh you know you should listen to people tell you but you know if you're in a situation and someone tells you that what are you supposed to do really are you supposed right. to go like okay well let's just end this now because yeah, because you not, just told me how this is going.
0: Oh, no, I yeah, didn't mean that. I didn't mean no. Because like, what if it's not true in this situation or what? Right. Yeah, it's a red flag, but it's not necessarily like a stop sign. Like, right. Although the other, the other guy that it wasn't a, it was a year in where I was like, this was the thing. Like that one, my literally my body shut down. Like I should have listened to that.
2: <laughs> you know <laughs>
0: the, but the guy who was like, I suddenly you know lose interest in everyone. He said it like sort of flippantly on our first date, and I didn't really take it in and it didn't like make my body shut down. So
1: Well, it's, you know, in any situation, in a dating situation, in a work situation, I do think that the advice that they give you when you're kids about like not getting into a van Mm -hmm. where I think it's still applicable. If something feels wrong, Mm -hmm. it's, there's a good chance it's wrong. Like you're, someone said to me once, your gut is smarter than your brain so true you know like if your body if you feel even if you can't really articulate it if something just doesn't feel right Mm -hmm. it's probably not yeah
0: it's so hard to trust it though it's so hard to listen
1: it is i know i know i know it's easy it's easy advice to give but Mm -hmm. i'm but i'm glad that uh i'm glad that you're okay Mm -hmm. i'm glad that uh wait so we should probably promote another period is coming back in january
0: january 23rd comedy central paired with drunk history this time which is cool
1: oh that's great i know right it's a good pairing yeah
0: i know i kind of it makes never, all the sense in the world. It does. We never really had a lead-in before. So this is our first time with like a big, big deal lead-in. So. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's
1: really great. And then uh, you're writing a musical with Kate. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else you want to plug?
0: I'm, uh, I'm kind of just writing every day. I've been writing movies and stuff. I haven't been doing much else. So. That's great. So no,
2: nothing.
1: Good. Yeah. Well, I hope you, uh, hope you sleep. Uh, your apartment looks great from Thank the pictures you. that I've seen. It looks super I'm cool. I'm really
0: loving it. Did you see the pictures of The Swing? Yes, I saw the swing. I, hanging like, Is I
1: that could,
0: in your living room? Yes. Yeah. I had a dream of a swing, and I yeah. And Fucking fantastic! I finally have a swing. I, yeah.
1: Are you still in that same building? Yes. Great. Yeah. Great. 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 It. Yeah. Uh, cool. Well, thanks for being here. Thank so you It was an absolute me. pleasure talking to you, and uh, you know, I, I hope I hope to see you around. Yeah. It's like you have friends, and you go, "Why well, I never see them except for work things," and then you do a like do a podcast, and I go, "Fuck, we gotta invite Ricky over more for." <laughs> We haven't had as many of things oh, you over have to here. Oh,
0: have a like, dinner party thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah.
1: we will. We will for sure. Yeah. Please come back. I will. All right. Enjoy your burrito. <laughs> the end.
2: Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito.